the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Welcome on, help me, people. Said, I know you came to praise him. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13. Uh, it says, be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. And do everything with love. Now that doesn't sound like the way I grew up. <laughs> Me and my brother, you know, he, we fought like cats and dogs growing up. We didn't do anything with love. I guess brotherly love, that's what you call it, when you're whooping on each other, right? All the time. And, and of course, I got the better end of the deal because I'm much older than him. <laughs> but we didn't do very much with love. But we were always having to be on guard. <laughs> because we were, it says be on guard right there, right? And stand firm or run, you know. What are the other, no. we, I just wish we would have known Jesus growing up. How many of you wish you could go back and do things differently, you know? If you would have known Jesus earlier, you wouldn't have been so hard-headed, so mean, selfish and stuff. You know how... How we were. Don't I don't want to say stupid. That would I wouldn't say that. <laughs> she said that. <laughs> I mean, y'all probably gonna hate me <clears throat> after I tell this story, but one time I got a one of those Red Rider BB guns for Christmas. And we was down at my papa's house out in the middle of the cotton fields, you know. And my brother was there and and I may have told him, You better run. <laughs> and, and, and I gave him, I said, I'm giving you a three second head start. He took off in the cotton field. Ah, it's poof, poof. <laughs> now, I'm not endorsing that. Don't, you did it too? Uh huh. Well, I may have hit him in the boo honey a few times. I don't know. You know, at least I didn't put an eye out or anything like that. Don't try this at home. All right. All you people listening on the podcast, all you kids, don't don't ever do that. Uh, a few days later, we were throwing darts. And uh, I threw mine, and I went up to the dartboard to get the darts off, and then a couple of darts hit the dartboard right behind me, right near me. And I turned around, and I said, Heath, you're going to hit me in the face. And he threw one just as I said that. And I put my arm up like that, and it went, Doop! and stuck right in the bone of my arm right there. And I looked, and there's a dart, a metal dart sticking out of my arm. But when I looked back up, he was gone. <laughs> you needed to be strong to survive in my house growing up. And I, I know most of you probably say you, you know a little bit about that. We just wish that we would have known a better way. We wish, wish we could know what the Word of God says about us and how to live our lives, right? I was looking at some passages in the book of Isaiah. I was thinking, boy, if I'd have known those, my life would have been different. Just some passages in Isaiah. Y'all ready? I'm going to say these, and I want you to receive them for yourself. This is, this is God's promises to us. Isaiah 40, 29 says, He gives power to the weak and strength 
to the powerless. And I could add, he gives common sense to fools too. <laughs> Not to stand in front of a dartboard after you shot somebody with a BB gun. <laughs> no, but uh, then Isaiah 41, the next chapter, verse 11 says, See, all your angry enemies lie there, confused and humiliated. Anyone who opposes you will die and come to nothing. You will look in vain for those who tried to conquer you. Those who attack you will come to nothing. For I hold you by, my, by your right hand, I the Lord your God, and I say to you, don't be afraid. I am here to help you. Sounds like God is on your side. Then if you go two chapters over, Isaiah 43 verse 2 says, When you go through the deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fires of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Take it for yourself. He is your God, your Savior. Then in Isaiah 54.10 says, For the mountains may move and the hills disappear, but even then my faithful love for you will remain. My covenant of blessing will never be broken, says the Lord, who has mercy on you. Just recently, you know, I, I feel like uh, I've had an opportunity to to, to want to fight back and against some attacks or whatever. But the Lord came to me and spoke clearly into my spirit. And he said this, and I didn't even know where it was, but I just knew it was in me because I read the Bible, you know, and he speaks through his word. And, and I found out, I, I looked for it, it was in Exodus 14, 14. He says, the Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. You ain't even got to fight your battles. What did that song say we just sang? This is how I fight my battles. I turn it over to the Lord. We just need to be still and let the Lord fight our battles. Just be calm. What are the alternatives to staying calm, you ask? <laughs> Worry, meltdown, anxiety, cares, concerns, fretting. That's a good Mississippi word there, isn't it? You've been fretting? Anguish? Apprehension? Uncertainty? Uncertainty? Yeah, that's what I said. Distress? <laughs> Some might say torment. You let your mind get in the wrong place and you ain't got your thoughts on Jesus, guess what? The devil will torment you. No thanks. We should have come too far with Jesus by now. We're the next level group. I know we should have come too far to be letting thoughts from the enemy cause us torment, distress, ag agony, and all these things. I have learned that the shield of faith is better than a bare forearm. <laughs> right? You want the shield of faith on your arm to quench those fiery darts right <laughs> in fact you want the whole armor of God what does it say in Ephesians 6 
Take unto you, I'm going to read it in the King James Version because that's where I learned it. Take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day having done all to stand. You stand, therefore. Having your loins girt about with the truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and above all, taking that shield of faith. Wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of heath. I mean, uh, of the enemy. All three of them. Toot, toot. <laughs> no. You'll quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. And taking the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And then praying with all prayer. Supplication in the Spirit. And watching thereunto. Supplicating all the other saints. Praying for other, other people as well. Not just praying for yourself. But prayers. I believe it didn't stop with the sword of the Spirit. But it kept on going. And prayer is part of our armor. Of course. Where would we be as a church without our Tuesday night prayer? Those of you who have been coming on Tuesday nights. Those of you here at this podcast that come on Tuesday nights. Thank you. We will always be a praying church. Thanks to people like Brother Tom who's been at, at our prayer for, I don't guess, probably 25 years now. Because of his faithfulness, other people are encouraged. And, and, we, and we come and we pray these things out. But tonight, predominantly, we're going to talk about that shield of faith. But since we're talking about faith, God, it says, above all, take the shield of faith. That means it's covering every other thing. The shield of Faith is there to protect you from worry, doubt, and fear. See, the fiery darts are typically the things that the, the enemy throws against your mind. You've heard the saying that the, the mind is where the battle is going on, right? It, if, if we are what we believe, if we're believers and not achievers, then the battle is for what we believe goes on in our mind. What we let through the gates of our eyes, our ears, and so forth to get down in our heart and plant and spring up into who we are. Guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life. What you're letting in, you're planting, and what you're hearing is what you're believing, right? Faith comes by hearing. But, well, you could say fear comes by hearing. Worry comes by hearing. Anything comes by hearing that you let plant in your heart. But faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we march to the beat of a different drummer. We're listening to a different tune than the world. Anybody can say, gloom, despair, and agony on me. You know? Don't sing that again because you'll be singing it the rest of the week. Doubt, fear, and he also throws fiery temptations at us he tries to hit us you know in our weak spots we all have weak spots even the apostle paul says you know he got a thorn in the flesh you know we all have areas that we're susceptible uh, to temptation if we don't guard our minds guard our thoughts there's an obligation you have to keep the gates of your mind and to control what goes in and every thought that opposes God's will for us must be cast down. 
Strongholds. You know what strongholds are? They're, they're when, the, when you've opened your gates and the devil has come into your town and he's built a structure in there. And, you know, like I told you a couple weeks ago, I think a stronghold in my life growing up was we were so poor that I began to see myself as poor. And even when I grew up and had some money, I still saw myself as poor. Wouldn't embarrassed to go to the mall of Memphis. I told you about that, you know, certain stores. I wouldn't eat at certain restaurants. Didn't think I was classy enough to eat in there because I ne never were able to eat in there, even though if I could pay for it now, you know, just, and is basically, what is that? Yeah, that is a stronghold the devil had set up in my mind to keep me from being free. And you have them too. We all are, well, hopefully you don't, but I mean, maybe you do. Maybe you've already defeated your strongholds. Maybe you've cast down those things. Turn to 2 Corinthians 10, and the Bible tells us how to do that. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, once again, I'm going to read it in the King James. Because that's where I learned it. And some things I like better in the King James. For the most part, it's really hard on new believers. So we, we go to like the new King James or the new living. But when I have time to really get down in a scripture, a lot of times I like the King James because... It's really powerful. Verse 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war in the flesh. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. We're not swinging fists. You, you don't have to say, hey, we're getting our sword out unless it's the sword of the Spirit, all right? We don't war in the flesh. We don't walk in the flesh. We, well, we walk in the flesh. We have to. This is our earth suit. But you know what I mean? Our carnal way of doing things. But we're, we're what? Spiritually minded. Where there's life and peace. Verse 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So the Word of God helps us to pull down strongholds. What defeats a lie? The truth. What defeats darkness? The light. What defeats hatred? Love. And God is all those things. And when we have hatred and darkness and, and lies that have built strongholds, we got bitterness and anger and we're holding on to resentment and we're, we're holding on to ought against our brothers. Or we're remembering how bad we were treated all the time and, we're, and every time that we come up short, we blame it. What a, it's my parents' fault for raising me like this. And all the things that we're blaming on our past it's just an indication that strongholds still have a grip in our life. We need to be free from all that. At some point when you made Jesus Lord of your life, you were a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things were passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You should have put that in the past. Now, it's easy to say, easier to say than easier to do, right? And it's a process. And so we're all in some area in our life where we're casting down strongholds. We're, we're letting the Word of God pull down strongholds. But the thing I would argue is, how hard are you trying to pull down strongholds? How, much, how often do you get in this? And see what God says, contrary 
to the strongholds what they say. Verse 5 says, casting down imaginations. Some of us just imagine stuff too much. You're just imagining everybody's mad at you. You're imagining everybody's looking at you. You're afraid of what somebody's going to think all the time. You're imagining that they're out to get you. You're imagining that these people are a certain way and you're lumping people into groups and you're hating on folks. And there's just a lot of imaginations going on. And they're not like Disney imaginations. You know, it's not good imaginations. We're just imagining the devil is just... Sometimes we reason things out. Human reasoning can be an enemy. If God says it, man, we are just a walk on that. But we just, well, if we do that, we start reasoning ourselves out of doing God's will. Our thoughts can take us a lot of places instead of doing what we should do. Cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Anything that takes the throne on your takes the throne on your life over God's word. If you're saying, well, I know that I'm supposed to do this, but I believe, well. <laughs> Either God's word is first place in your life or it's not. Either it's all true or none of it is. And so we need to stop playing games with our own self and say, hey, if God's word says it, then that's the truth. I need to rearrange my thinking to line up with the word of God. Not the word of God is never going to line up with what you're thinking. The word of God is never going to change and it never will have to. It is established, firm, forever. Heavens and earth may pass away, but my word will remain the same, God would say. He's not a man that he should lie. He's not going to come back and say, oh, I made a mistake. So anytime something in your life is contrary to the word of God, you need to do some changing. Changing and growing is part of the sanctification process. It's part of who you are as a Christian. We should be moving in the right direction towards the Word of God. And not from it. And not hiding out from it and pretending we didn't hear that before. <laughs> who are we trying to fool here? That's all who you're fooling is yourself. Everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring it into captivity. Every thought. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. Into obedience to Christ. Whatever Christ says. I wish I could say I was there. I wish my every thought was just pure. We say, well, what when those thoughts come? And, and you, you know, we all have just stray thoughts come into our mind. And it's like, where did that come from? I don't even want to think of that. Well, that's the fiery darts. And, and, and everybody is tempted. Everybody has those thoughts, but you've got to watch over your mind. You can't sit and say, well, I'm going to fellowship with that a minute. I wonder if there's any truth in that. We'll start reasoning that out. Pretty soon your imagination's going crazy and you're agreeing with the devil. No. If you already know what the Word of God says, you can just cast that out. I'm not thinking about that. The Bible says, whatsoever things are pure and lovely and of good report, there be any virtue, any praise, think on these things. Do not think about evil things. Just think on the good things. Because it leads to peace, joy, love. And all the fruits of the Spirit. And then in verse 6, I usually don't read down this far, but I was seeing it today. I said, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience. When your obedience is fulfilled. Wow, that's a stout language. A readiness to revenge. I don't know exactly what it's saying there, but it sounds like to me, 
We're just going to have to make the devil pay back sevenfold for everything he stole. Everything the canker worm is eating. <laughs> yeah. We'll be able to punish every act of disobedience. So we're going to take back what the devil stole. He may have lied to you for 50 years. He may have held a stronghold in your life, held you down, but when you get free from that, oh, you turn it around on him. You tell somebody else how to get free. You want to know how to whoop the devil? Start telling everything you know about Jesus. The devil is like, <laughs> like a roaring lion. But he's not. A ro he roars, but he ain't got any teeth. Because Jesus declawed him, deteethed him. He destroyed him when he was raised from the dead in victory over death, hell, and the grave. And all the works of the enemy. He paraded over him, triumphing over the, the devil. He destroyed the devil's party. And now the devil... The only thing he's got is me, me, me. We have authority over the enemy. The only thing he can do to us now is he must still have permission to talk and to throw lies at us and suggestions and temptations and make us hurt ourselves. He can't do it, but he's doing a fine job getting us to hurt ourselves, which is crazy if you think about it. He's a good liar. He's the father of all liars. Everything he says is a lie. If you can feel that darkness and that grinding going on in you, when you hear the voice, you say, I don't think that's from God. If you hear it and you know it's from, it's from the enemy, then you know it's a lie. If it's bringing condemnation, it's from the enemy. Now, if it's bringing conviction, it may be the Holy Spirit, but you'll... You'll learn to know the voice of your shepherd and the voice of a stranger you will not follow, right? So we're listening to the voice of the Lord. 1 Peter 5.8 says, be sober, be vigilant. Be sober means don't drink no Budweiser. <laughs> don't drink no Jack Daniels. Don't be no sipping saints. This ain't the time to play games with God. Be sober, be vigilant. That means be watchful because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. If he could devour you, he would have already devoured you. But only if you let him, who he may devour. But it says resist him. Steadfast, how? In the faith. How do you resist the devil? You stand firm in the Word of God. In the faith. You trust the Word of God. How did, the, how did Jesus defeat the devil? He spoke the Word of God. When the devil tried to twist the Word of God and said, it is also written, well, Jesus didn't fall for it because he knew the Word of God. He said, it is also written that thou, not, thou shalt not uh, tempt the Lord thy God. And so... Jesus defeated the enemy. He resisted the enemy with the truth. And that was all he needed. The truth shall set you free. And we stand steadfast 
in our faith. And so these things that we're talking about, that we've been talking about our faith, that's how you stand firm as a Christian. Having done all to stand, you stand therefore. Believing that you've been made righteous by the blood of Jesus. Believing the truth of God. Believing that your shoes are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You're ready to go tell this good news. You're, you're standing on purpose, purposeful feet. Believing that you have the shield of faith and, and, and your, your mind is settled. That you're saved. You just told that devil a long time ago to stop telling you you're not saved every time you do something wrong. He's reminding you of what you did. Well, remind him about where he's fishing to go. And then he'll leave you alone. Resist him. You got the sword of the Spirit. You got it. But some of our swords look more like a little butter knife. We don't know enough scripture to cut nobody with. The devil's laughing. He said, the only scripture you know is Jesus wept. Ah! You know, the shortest scripture in the Bible. <laughs> we're like the seven sons of Sceva we come over there and we're preaching the Jesus that somebody else knows the, preach, the, the Jesus that the pastor guy preaches that's the one I'm coming to you against you with and he's looking and laughing at us your sword is the word of God you got the habit coming out of your mouth it's got to be out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks you got to put it in your heart before you get it out your mouth I am amazed at the people who don't read their Bible. And I hear them say, well, pastor, I'm not much of a reader. You know, I just don't read much. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to say that they just don't know much. I'm, I'm just, she's my, my joke writer up here. She's feeding me as we go. All right, so. We, we resist the devil steadfast in the faith. Your faith is what overcomes. Your faith is what overcomes. There was a, a demon-possessed boy that the disciples couldn't cast the devil out of him. You know that story. And uh, his dad said oftentimes that he would be cast into the fire or cast into the, to the water because the demon was trying to kill the boy. So I don't know how, you know, this, this young man opened himself up for, to demonic spirits. I don't know if, if what how that happened. But at some point, there was torment going on in this young man's mind to the point where the devil had control of him. And if the devil gets control of you, he's trying to kill you. It says clearly that he was throwing him into the fire to kill him or throwing him into the water. This boy's barely holding on. Jesus shows up. And the man's, the boy's father comes up and says, if you can, would you help him? And Jesus says in Matt, uh, Mark 9, 23, what do you mean if I can? Which one of us here believes that God can't do anything? Or there's anything that God can't do? We all know he can do anything. I mean, you only have to look up into the heavens to see what he's created to know that if he can fling the stars into existence, is there anything too hard for God? What do you mean, if I can? I am the great I am. 
I am the king of kings. I am the creator of the universe. What do you mean if I can? He says anything is possible if a person believes. And the father instantly cried out, I do believe. But help my unbelief. And see, I think he's where everybody is. Or at least Christians are. We, we do believe. I mean, we've, we've, we've been given enough faith to be saved. We know that we have a home in heaven. We know Jesus is our Lord. Our hearts are crying, Abba, Father. We, we've got that part down. I do believe, but help my unbelief. Why aren't we operating in the fullness of everything Jesus promised us as New Testament believers in a new covenant with better promises? Why aren't we doing the works that he did and greater works than these shall we do? Why aren't we laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover? Because somewhere in there, we're hearing it and we're saturated with a bunch of head knowledge which hasn't settled in our heart and become heart belief. And so we speak it, but we really don't believe it, I guess. And so we need to say, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Help me to really believe. Not to hear these scriptures and say, boy, pastor was on fire tonight, man. He said a lot of good stuff, but it really make no difference in your, your, your Thursday morning. That's been the hardest thing since I've been pastor. I thought, man, if I could preach the Word of God every Wednesday and every Sunday, and if I do it long enough, surely they'll get it. But it seems like they get it for a minute. Not you, not you. of course you guys are different. But the average person hears it, mentally ascends to it, and says amen but then, like I said last week, you'll pray for them for healing, and they'll say, oh, thank you for praying for me, Pastor. Uh, I know I'll probably only be down three weeks. Thank you for praying, you know, and we just prayed believing that they're healed. But they immediately reveal with their mouth that they really don't believe what you just prayed. And they get what they believe. They don't get their healing. Lord, help our unbelief. <laughs> well, we're going to need one more Wednesday. <laughs> you remember all the times the devil convinced you that that was the end of your life? Oh, this is it, this time. Little Janice gave you cooties in the second grade. You thought you was going to die. Oh, I've been infected with cooties. Did you die? You got braces in junior high. You thought that was the end of the world. Did you die? You still here? Nobody asked you to the prom. Oh, I could just die. But you didn't die. Sally returned your letterman jacket. Now she's dating some college boy when you was in high school. You, it hurt so bad. Your heart was felt like you was going to die. But did you die? 
You went bankrupt. You lost your house. They repoed your car. You had to start all over. You started a business. It failed. You thought that's the end of the world. I can't go on from here. Some of you have lost loved ones. It seemed like the end. But guess what, my friends? You're still here. You're still here. The devil is always trying to put you in fear that this is going to be the end. And we keep falling for it time after time. And we don't remember all the times that God has brought us out of those situations. You're still here. You're still beating on the drum like the Energizer Bunny. You're still going. You still have purpose. You still have opportunity to turn your ship around. Do you know Moses was 80 years old before the burning bush experience? At 80, he began his ministry. And did Moses do anything faithful? What'd she say? Yeah, that's a long way off for me. We should always remember the things that God has brought us through. It's, it's important to be thankful for the things. Like just the other day, I prayed something. It came to pass immediately. And I'm like, thank you, Lord. But, but I don't write it down. I don't keep record of it. And he just does so many things. I just shelf them. And, and, I, and really, it would be, do behoove us all to have us a little book of writing down memorial for everything he answers we we should do that for prayer tom you know all the things that we prayed for this church and he brings them to pass it would just encourage us so much i think if we would remember what god has done we would almost be assured of what he's going to do when when uh when he spoke to the pharisees he says you don't believe the words i say but at least believe me for my very works sake we can just look and see what he's done already and know that he's, he is God and he's proven faithful in our past. And he promises his presence in our present. In first, uh, John uh, Joshua 1.9, he says, Be strong and of good courage, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He's always telling Joshua that because Joshua grew up in the shadow of Moses. I don't know what shadow you've been in. We've all been in some kind of shadow of darkness, of unbelief, doubt, fear. And Joshua had some esteem problems. He was concerned. How am I going to lead two million people? Moses was the man of God. But God told him straight up, I will be with you. And he parted the Jordan from Joshua just like he parted the Red Sea for, for Moses. And he'll part whatever you need parted if you will believe him and trust in him. Faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But guess what? Faith also comes by experiencing the word of God. Because Jesus is the word of God. So walking with Jesus brings faith. You're walking with the Word of God. You're communing with the Word of God. We need to practice the awareness of His presence in our life every day. Don't just go through life 
and ignore that His Spirit is right with inside of your rib cage. His Spirit is in your heart. Crying, Abba, Father, confirming that you are a child of God. Not only be satisfied with a little of His Spirit, but ask every day to be filled with more of His Spirit. Don't, don't make all your decisions based on this. Make all your decisions based on asking the Holy Spirit what to do because He came to lead and guide you into all truth. He's the one that God sent to lead and guide your life. Commune with Him. Walk this life out with and for Him. Am I more likely to trust in the person that I've been sitting in the foxhole with, fighting this battle day in and day out. I've been in the trenches with this guy. He's had my back several times. Every time I turn around, he's laying cover fire for me. We've got bullets whizzing over our head. We're in a battle down here. And I want Jesus in my foxhole. Am I more likely to trust the man in my foxhole or the author of some book that I don't even read? I'm here to tell you we need to not only read the Word of God, we need to know the author. We need to read the Word of God, and, and the only way we're going to trust the Word of God is we've got to know the author too. We've got to know the character of Him. We've got to walk it out with Him and see through experiencing the Word of God that the Word of God is true. Hebrews 12, 2, if you don't believe that's scriptural, says looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. There you go. The author and the finisher of our faith. You are not a disciple because you believe a doctrine. You are a disciple because you walk with a master. That's the only way to become a disciple is to walk with the Master. Oh, let me see what I can skip so we can get some ice cream up in here. <laughs> Luke 6.40 says the disciple is not above his Master. But everyone that is perfect, or the New King James says perfectly trained, shall be like his Master. Oh, there should be some resemblance in our life to the way Jesus walked here on the earth. We should be like Jesus. We have God's Word. Believe it. We've been offered God's Spirit. Receive it. We have all of God's armor. Wear it. We have God's love. Share it. Faith is a gift. Accept it. Let it be your firm hope. Faith produces. And let it produce in you. We have faith. In a person, not an outcome. That means when you pray for something and you don't get it, you don't, you don't, you don't lose your faith. You have the faith that that person has made a better decision for you. You trust that not my will, but His be done. Hmm. listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. 
For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.